I have the incredible privilege tonight of introducing our preacher, Bianca. You can come to the front. So I just want to take a moment to honor this woman. Um, I met Bianca in 2020. Sure. And um, I met her as a student, a first-year student on the first year's camp. And um, during that year, that was when the whole COVID and lockdown thing happened. Um, and we had awesome moments and awesome phone calls in that time. And Bianca's going to tell her story, but I just want to tell a little bit from my perspective. So in that time, Bianca was going through a bit of a rough time, uh, a lot of identity being challenged. And I remember like long phone calls uh, where we're speaking through things and everything. And one thing that I really love about you is how you are so open with where you are at. And I love that your emotions are like from here to there to like... I wish my emotions were like that, but you laugh so much and you have so much joy within you. But when you are down, you show it and you cry and you share your heart. Um, and I really think that it's because of that, that you have a way with people and you have a way of speaking into people's lives. And even tonight's testimony of how you have grown into a young woman and your life is incredible, it's inspiring. And even tonight's message... Um, it's something that you've had to struggle with and wrestle with. And I really believe that God tonight is going to take his glory for what he has done in your life. And it is amazing and it is beautiful to see. So thank you for sharing tonight with us. I know this is not the easiest, most comfortable um, thing for you to do. But we support you and we love you. You do not have to be scared of us. Enjoy this moment and share from your heart. I just want to pray for you. Lord, we want to thank you for Bianca's life, God. I thank you for the journey that you've walked with her, Lord, in terms of relationship, in terms of relationship with you, in terms of obedience, and just living a full life of adventure and running after you wholeheartedly, Lord. Thank you for what you've done in and through her life and the things that you're still going to do. And tonight, Lord, we pray that you will take your glory in this moment, as she testifies, as she shares the word, I pray for boldness, I pray for peace, and I pray for your presence in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Marielle. <laughs> Thank you, church. Um, yeah, as she said, I'm Bianca. I'm a second-year intern at Every Nation Highfelt. I'm a privilege of serving in campus ministry full-time and just yeah, loving Jesus and loving people. Um, I can really testify just of Marielle in my life. I think she doesn't have beautiful knees anymore for praying for me and praying through me and praying in me. Um, but yeah, I was not <laughs> the easiest student to work with. Um, but yeah, I'm privileged um, and honored to share in the family that um, yeah, God has just renewed my identity and my life in. Um, and I can testify of being in Evernation for six years, never knowing I will work for them. Um, but it's, yeah, it's an honor how God works. Um, okay, so tonight... 
I'm sharing on a topic that has been incredibly difficult for me, but it has been a journey and a challenge that God has taken me on. And when Jaco asked me to speak about singleness and relationships, I laughed and thought, why me? Because there are people doing better in this <laughs> than me. I'm the one struggling. But of course, he hears God's voice and um, yeah, he wants to grow me. Um, and I didn't realize how much God will grow me in this. Um, so yeah, tonight we're speaking about singleness and relationships. So can all the married people please raise their hands? Okay. <laughs> can all the engaged people raise their hands? Say. Okay, they liked it, so they put a ring on it. Um, and then all the single people make some noise. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> okay, so um, yeah, I think in today's world, in society, we see um, two views of singleness. Um, first, the conservative view, which tells us we should just learn from this season, and then we will take it um, into the next. So learn what you can, and then you get married. The progressive view tells us that if we get um, married, we are locked in, and so we need to live in freedom and experience until we are tired um, in marriage. And so both of these are not necessarily correct. Um, there are certain things we believe about singleness. Society tells us the newest show on Netflix is Love Island and Bachelor, telling us how to find love, and all these things are so distorted and broken in how we find and seek love. And so tonight, um, I really feel like God has given me three myths we believe about singleness or relationships. Um, yeah, so the first myth is your relationship starts, uh, your relationship status defines your identity. So identity is our self-worth. This is who we are. So as she mentioned, I went through a really tough time in 2020. So I was single until the age of 15, and then I met the guy, and we dated for five years. And in that five years, I was, um, yeah, I was quite broken, and I didn't know Jesus the way I do today. Of course, um, I put everything into this relationship, my whole identity, just a week before I lost my ballet, which was also my identity. So I put my identity in my ballet. So anything and everything I did was go about ballet. Um, and so when the studio closed, I lost myself. I didn't know who I am or where I was. And then a week later, boom, guy, I'm going to go into a relationship with him. So we then um, was friends for a year and dated for five years. And then in 2020, in August, he unexpectedly broke up with me. Um, so this was going to be my whole life. I was going to be a wife and have children. And so this was a very big desire in my life. It still is. Um, I think these desires aren't wrong. And I want, to hear, want you to hear me tonight that desires for marriage and children and relationships aren't wrong. But the way we get them can be sinful. Um, so, yo, my worth and identity was in my boyfriend. Um, the moment I lost him, I lost myself. So we attach things to who we are. So identity is self-worth. It's who I am is attached to what I have. Okay, so the, the contradicting mystery within this is that Jesus is our identity. Jesus determines who we are. How do we find identity in Jesus? So our deepest definition of self is identity. Who am I and what I have um, is not attached to each other. Um, so our identity in Christ is knowing him and knowing who we are in him. We are loved, chosen, and forgiven in Christ. Therefore, relationships and marriage and children are variables. They can change. So when, when I got into the relationship and broke up, it changed. So now my identity that was built in a relationship changed. And then it changes me. And so that is not true. 
um, our, we, as our identities in Christ doesn't change because when it's in Christ, it doesn't change. He doesn't change. Um, so then it doesn't change. We don't change because he doesn't change. Um, okay, so the scripture that I prepared is 1 John 3 verse 1 says, See what the great love of the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And, what it, um, and that is who we are, what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it doesn't know him. Okay, may we be so found in Jesus and our identities in Jesus that they don't know who we are because they do not know who he is. Um, he lavished his love upon you. So if you're struggling with identity, do not, I don't know who I am. Just accept Jesus' love for you and know that he lavished it upon you. Okay, Ephesians 2 verse 10 tells us, we are God's workmanship. Um, his handiwork created in him for good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So Jesus pursues you. When I was in the relationship, he pursued me. He ran after me. I was the one choosing things of the world to satisfy and to, to give me identity. But when I lost it through people, through church, um, I was able to do that. But then I found my identity in church and friends. So then suddenly my friend is not replying or she's not making time for me, and now my identity is shaken again, because now what now? Now you're not there for me. Um, that was still, I cannot find my identity in my, in, my, in my friends in church. I need to find it in Jesus. Um, so we can find our identities in our jobs. If we are so after our jobs, we'll do anything in our power to just do everything, because if they just see me, I have something to, to bring. Um, and we work overtime without getting paid, and we then um, land in burnout, and then we're surprised. Um, but I want to encourage you to keep on looking for your identity in Jesus, okay? The second myth is that your relationship will satisfy your needs. This was one I struggled with a very big amount. <laughs> um, God designed us with legitimate needs for love, acceptance, acceptance, and affections. But these needs are spiritual before they are natural, okay? So we get something. We want to feel something. As created beings, we are created to feel something. We want our needs to be satisfied. So if I have a need of acceptance, then if I, again, if I go to work, I will always work so hard for them to accept me. But then I get a funky email and my boss is mean to me that day. And suddenly I still, I'm, I'm, I'm not satisfied anymore. Or we go from relationship to relationship because we have needs that need to be filled. And I want to speak about um, yeah, sexual needs in particular. So all of us have sexual desires and sexual needs. And within the relationship, I did not know... Yeah, I did not know truth. So I went into the relationship, and the moment he said, let's do this, I agreed, because now I have a need for satisfaction. I need to know. Um, I had a need for love and acceptance and affection. So now I need to, he feeds this need, so I'll do anything in my power to give it to him, to find it with him. Okay, so sexual boundaries were pushed. Um, and then I came out of the relationship and thought, and, and honestly, I, I believe that sexual desires are only found in relationships. We only struggle with sexual sin when we're in relationships. But God, or he didn't teach me, I found out that it doesn't. <laughs> it's not only in relationships, it's also in singles. So um, when I was single, I still had these sexual desires, and now I'm feeding them with different things. But now out of the relationship, I'm lonely. So my, my, my need for satisfaction, um, or the need I wanted to be met, is, um, yeah, is to feel loved and accepted. And now I'm lonely. Now I'm outside of the relationship. I feared singleness. So now I'm like, okay, that manifested into lust and sexual sin. And therefore, I found it in different guys. Luckily, with truth and people around me, I did not go into a next relationship after that relationship. But it's really easy to run 
to another relationship and another relationship because now this void is in me. So how does Jesus fill that void? He satisfies all our needs. He created the longings in our hearts, so he satisfies the longings in our heart. God offers himself in person of Christ. Jesus is beyond our expectation. He provides for our needs, fulfills our desires. So Christ alone provides satisfaction and joy that we desperately seek. If goodness is what we seek, we must find it at the source of goodness. If joy and happiness is what we seek, we need to find it at the source of joy and happiness, which is Jesus. So Psalm 107 verse 9 tells us, For he satisfies the longings of the soul, and the hungry soul, he fills it with good things. So when we come to him in our quiet time with, with time with Jesus and just surrender and say, God, I don't want things of this world to satisfy me anymore. I want you to satisfy me. He satisfies the longings of our souls. You make known the path of life. In your presence there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Psalm 16 verse 11. So he makes known the path of life. In his presence there is fullness of joy. So get yourself into his presence. Go into his presence and ask him to reveal himself to you. Reveal his joy and his, um, his love towards you. So at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. So the pleasures we are seeking on earth is so much greater because he provides them at the right hand. So go and sit at the right hand of Jesus. Go and spend time with Jesus because that's where the pleasures lie, friends. Okay, John 6 verse 35 tells us, I'm the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me shall not thirst. So when we believe in Jesus, we will not thirst for things of the world. When we believe in him, we will not hunger for things of the world. Um, like the woman at the well, she had five husbands, and the one she was living with was not her husband. So she went, and Jesus met her there at the well and said, I'll give you living water. So he meant to say that he fills the need she's been running after men to fill a void in her life. And tonight he's saying to you, he's running to things to fill you, to come and bring you truth, um, that he fills you. So Psalms 36, 1, 3, and 5 says, Oh my God, how I search for you, how I thirst for you in a parched and weary land where there is no water. How I long to find you, for you are love and kindness. Your kindness is better than life. How I praise you, and, last, and at last I shall be fully satisfied. I'll praise you with great joy. His love and kindness is better than life. So seek his kindness, seek his love. He loves you unconditionally. He died on the cross for you. So he is the one who will satisfy your needs. Um, and you will praise him with great joy. The third myth we see is that my life starts when I'm in a relationship. This was so difficult to understand. I was wrestling with God for so long. I, don't, I was always, my parents can testify of this, always planning my wedding, always going out, and still am <laughs> sometimes. Um, everything is just about getting married. And I also asked, and a lot of us prayed this prayer, God, Jesus, please don't come until I'm married. Like, I just want to get married. And so I need it, and that's not wrong. But it is, it's selfish. It's like, you just wait a bit. Um, but he doesn't, he doesn't want that. He's calling us for such a deeper life than that. How can only marriage satisfy me? And then I never get married and then I didn't live. Um, or I lose my husband and then I didn't, that relationship didn't last. And so you can see the fault in this. The mystery, the myth is that a relationship, my life starts when I'm in a relationship. So what determines life? So the lie we believe within this is the greatest experiences that we will have are in this life. Is that true? It's not. We're living for eternity. So if we think that this life 
We have, we're born and we die. And so these 70, 80 max years we have, we need to fit everything in it. Make all the money, buy all the cars, have all the girls, um, or get married, have children. Just, just have these things because it will end one day and then suddenly you get in a car accident. And then what, what then is your life then worth something? Because now you didn't achieve those things. So now how far are you going to go and to what extent are you going to go just to make this life matter? So the Bible says, um, so where does life start? So we need to see where does life start? Life starts when Jesus breathes into you. We see um, in the scripture, for you formed my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works. I know them very well. My frame is not hidden from you. When I was made in secret, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, you saw my unformed body. All my days were numbered in your book and ordained for me before one of them came to be. So he knew you before you were born. That's when your life starts. When he breathes life into you, that's when your life starts, church. And what do we do in this life? So you were made it in his image, in his likeness. You were made to glorify your maker. You were made to glorify your creator. Um, in this life, we, we live to... To also to call people to live for their creator. Um, so when does life end? If this, is, if this is our life, when does life end? Colossians 3 verse 1 tells us, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden in Christ. When Christ, is who, when Christ who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So when does your life end? When you reject the one who is life. So when we accept Christ, we are in him. When we die, we are in him. We will be made glory with him. We'll go into, into eternity with him. If you deny him, you lose life. So I want to encourage you. Is there a place where you have denied him? When I was in the relationship, I denied him. The moment, the many times he spoke to me, he called me, he drew me closer to him. I rejected him. I rejected him. And in those years, I can testify I didn't have life. Even if the relationship tried to satisfy me, there was still a deep need for him that I didn't know was there. Um, so, yeah, we live a full life because we know the one who created life. We know the one who gave us life. Our, our purpose is to live with him and make him known. Um, so, I want to go into yeah, a scripture that he really placed on my heart is 1 Corinthians 7 verse 32 to 35. I want you to be free from anxieties, Paul says. The unmarried man is anxious about things of the Lord, how to please the Lord. But the married man is anxious about worldly things, how to please his wife, and his interests are divided. And the unmarried or betrothed woman is anxious about things of the Lord, how to be holy in body and spirit. But the married woman is anxious about worldly things, how to please her husband. I, this, I say this for your own benefit, not to lay any restraint upon you, but to promote good order and secure your undivided devotion to the Lord. He wants to secure your undivided devotion to the Lord, because when you're married, you have anxieties, and, and, and responsibilities which aren't wrong. He calls us to marriage. The whole chapter before this tells us why we should get married. Um, if you have um, sexual temptations and get married, that's why yes, must get married. But she can also testify of how God worked in her life in singleness. Go, Oscar. Um, their story, that's why she's getting married. Um, no, but we need to treasure singleness. I didn't realize the depth and the weight that singleness can, 
that can bear for me. I, I will not be able to serve Jesus the way I do now if I was married. The late nights I spend with students, the late um, the ability to just go camping and hiking and build relationships and honor God um, is such a privilege. Married people have an incredible way to serve Jesus and show the gospel in intimacy and in realness as well. Um, they just have added responsibility. So singles, are you struggling with finances? Please raise your hands. If, or it's tough. It's tough to, to manage finances. Okay, add three or four people to that. So there are real anxieties and, and things when you get married, right? So as in our season that God has us in, in singleness, may we live undivided for him. May we live in the pursuit of knowing him deeper, that in a relationship we will be able to honor him in greater ways. Um, in this relationship, I had to go through a lot of healing and, and journey with God. Um, he called me to to go deeper into counseling, to also help others. So I went to counseling to help other people. I was like, I'm going to do this training to be able to help others, not knowing how much it will change my life and go deeper in my life. Um, but yeah, there's, there's certain things that we do and we, we live in brokenness. And so even people um, yeah, in relationships um, that are not yet engaged or married, I want to encourage you to go and seek God in that still um, that sexual desires are still a thing. If we, if we live together before we're married, we're not fleeing from temptation. He's calling us to flee and resist the enemy um, because there's treasures within marriage that we need to, to um, understand which are not for, for us to be alone. So I want to end with a scripture, Psalm 86, verse 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. I will praise you, O Lord my God, with all my heart. I will glorify your name forever. This is such a beautiful scripture as it changed my heart to know why are we living undivided. So I want to challenge our singles to, and married people to go and look at your life um, tonight and think, where am I distracted? What is still taking so much of my attention? Um, one day I was standing in church crying out to the Lord, why are you still making me wait? Why am I still single? Um, why am I still alone? And um, he came and spoke truth into my life, and he said it was a really difficult um, thing to understand, but a heart-transforming thing to hear. Um, he said, Bianca, I'm making you wait for eternity's sake. There are more important people that will not be able to experience my love um, towards you if you are so distracted in finding someone. So he made me understand that, that there, are, there are bigger things for us. So if our lives aren't limited to earth, um, we have to, the Bible also says, store up your treasures in heaven. So those treasures are lost people. There are people that are, we, are we going to see your neighbors in heaven? Are you going to see the lady at the gym in heaven? Um, so I want to encourage you to use your time. Ask God, how are you treasuring um, the time he has given you as, a, as an individual? And, and people, singles that are working, you have um, resources um, to, to live out the Great Commission in, in bold and incredible ways. So now let's pray. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of sharing, Lord. Thank you that you are the work that you've been doing um, in our lives as a church, Lord. And I just pray that tonight you will come and speak to hearts um, to know that, that only you satisfy. Only you can speak identity over us, Lord. I pray that you will do that right now, Lord. I pray for hearts that are seeking and looking, Lord, for acceptance in friends, for love and affection in, in a significant other, Lord. I pray that you will come and open hearts and minds tonight to know your truth. May you come and minister and work um, in their hearts. I pray that we will live undivided for you, to know what you are calling us in this time of singleness, that we will not live until the next relationship, but that we will keep our eyes on you um, 
who, who defines our seasons, Lord. And even though we are waiting, Lord, and I pray for those who have been waiting, who have been seeking you, who have been trusting, Lord, that you will come and just bring a fresh and a new understanding within their season as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Sure. Awesome. Thank you so much, Bianca. Um, I think it's amazing just to hear your passion and your conviction of what you've been through. Um, and I think something that, that I just want to remind us as a church and as a community is these myths are not just for single people. Even for us who are married, we can live in a space where we're waiting for something. We're waiting for something better, something, the next step, the next, if I just get this, if I just find that. And I think it's so important for us to realize that our greatest desire needs to be Him. It needs to be Him. And there, this is not a sermon just about singleness. We are speaking about relationships. We were created in relationship for relationship. You are called to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and then love your neighbor as yourself. So we are called for relationship, first with God, then with other people, with relationship with ourselves, and then also with creation. But the other three relationships with other people, with ourselves, and with creation cannot be restored if the relationship with God is not in place, if it is not the most important thing in our lives. And I think it's so beautiful to see how Bianca has not just discovered this, but how she obeyed the Lord in this, how she said, Lord, I'm going to put these desires and these things aside for you, to follow you, to look to you, to find you. And I think it's beautiful, as she said, it's a mystery. It's a mystery for us to say, my identity is in Christ. It's a mystery to understand, Lord, um, what are the things that you have hidden for us in singleness and in marriage? Because marriage is also a mystery. I mean, who thought that it's a good idea to put two opposite like people in one house and then they have to function together, but they never understand one another? Um, it's insane, okay? For those of you that are getting married, you're going to enjoy this. It's a fun, fun ride. But the point is this. We cannot, in singleness, be unsatisfied and want to rather be married. And we cannot, in marriage, be unsatisfied and want to go back to singleness. We need to, first of all, not just be satisfied, like not just be content, but there's joy. In singleness, there is a breadth, a width of the gospel that you can experience, that you can see, that you can, you can go to places, you can do things that the Lord wants to show you. And even for those of you who are engaged at the moment and you're just waiting for that wedding day, enjoy this moment. I know being engaged is not the most fun season, but there's a mystery in this season for you. Even if it's the last week, there's a mystery of the Lord wanting to share something with you, some, wanting to reveal something of who He is to you. For all of us, you can get married and be married, and tomorrow your husband or your wife can die. And that is a scary thought, and it's an uncomfortable thought, but the point is this. No matter what you go through, no matter what happens, no matter if you're alone or with someone or whatever, the Lord is with you. 
He is your purpose. He is your calling. So church, I want us to, to take a moment now and just respond to the Lord. We are a community of believers and we cannot be either singles or married or those are the couples, those are the dating people, those are the people with kids and then stay in those little quadrants, you know, like, okay, all the single people do this and all the married people do that. We are a community and we need to show the gospel to one another whether we're single or whether we're married or whether we're parents we are all broken and flawed and wicked people without Jesus but with him we can show love we can create places of belonging and that's what we need to do we need to be a people of God that creates spaces and moments of the gospel and so I want you to respond right now everyone close your eyes whether you're single and you're happy that you're single and you're celebrating you're like yes I love it that was me or whether you are single and you're like oh my goodness Lord when is this going to end whether you're married and you're so happy or whether you're married and you're like thinking oh my goodness I miss the freedom I miss the good life Let's ask the Lord, God, show us the mystery of you in all of our relationships. Lord, I pray for each and every one of us that you would come and reveal to us your glory and your kingdom. I pray that you would reveal to us the mystery of eternity and living for eternity, Lord. I pray that we would not be people that just has eternity in mind, Lord, but I pray that we would be constantly aware of you and your kingdom. Lord, that day by day and moment by moment, we will not live for this life and this world. Thank you for family, God. Thank you for marriages. Thank you for my husband. Thank you for the good moments. But Lord, I pray that we would get to know you in a deeper level. And Lord, I pray that this church will be a church that lives your gospel. I want to pray for each and every person here tonight that is single, that is waiting for their life partner, that is longing for it, Lord. I pray that you would come and touch them right now. Lord, that you would come and reveal your promises to them. Lord, that you would take them on adventures. Lord, that you would speak to them about their calling, about their identity, about who they are in you and about what you have ordained for them, Lord. I pray, God, that they will not look to the next season or be waiting for the next thing to happen, Lord, but that they will rest in you, enjoy you, fall in love with you, be obsessed with you. And I pray for all of us that are married or are in relationships, Lord. God, we want to return to you as our first love. Jesus, you are our first love. Lord, we're sorry for the times that we forget that. We're sorry for the times that we make family or marriage or whatever more important than that. But Lord, we come to you. And just as we sang those songs before the service, Lord, we surrender all, God. We surrender our lives. It's all in your hands. Our marriages, our relationships. 
even our children. It's all in your hands, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, that you give meaning to our lives. Thank you, Jesus, that you give us joy, that you give us purpose. And thank you, Lord, that we can be on mission with you. Lord, I pray that you teach us to open up our lives to you, but also to other people, God. If we're single, that we would open up our homes for other people. If we're married, that we would open up our homes for other people. I pray that we would be open about our relationships, Lord, about our marriages, about our struggles. Lord, I pray that we would be one big family that shares our joy, but also shares our struggles. Lord, would you come and, and bring great deep conviction and transparency into us as a church and as a community, Lord. Come and unite us, Lord. Come and draw us closer to you. Cause us to fall in love with you even more. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for relationships. Thank you for family. Thank you for singleness. But Lord, I also want to pray that we would be heavenly minded and open minded and think about those that don't have either, Lord, that, that don't know you. And Lord, that our lives would be about that, that our hearts would long for you. And through that, Lord, that we would begin to love what you love. Thank you for your mission. Thank you that you call us. Thank you that you empower us. Thank you that you send us. Pray all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give Bianca another hand. Um, yeah, I want to just agree, Bianca. Thank you for being vulnerable. And um, I think um, Marielle mentioned just during the worship set as well, um, that if there are people that need prayer, um, I'd love for us, just some of our leaders, just to stay behind for a bit. If you need prayer, something from the worship set, something that Bianca shared, um, when we went and we, we, we met and we spoke um, just through relationships. And one of the aspects when it comes to relationships is when we give ourselves to people in spaces where we're not supposed to give ourselves yet. And it almost flows naturally. If, let's say, Riet and I weren't married, but being in relationship with her gives me an identity. And she then wants something from me physically. Um, and because that then defines me, I'll give it to her. Because if I don't, it's not just the sexual desire that isn't met. It's my identity that is being lost. And, um, and if we're going to be frank about it, God created sex to be good. God created sex to be incredible. But He created it in the sanctity and the covenant of marriage. That there's a space where God has given it a space to flourish. Because that is the deepest place of commitment. And whenever we look for intimacy without commitment, this is something I learned from Adelia, then we breed insecurity. Now, you might say, we're getting married next week, so it's fine. We are most committed to one another. You have not made a commitment before God yet. So what you will then reap is in spiritual insecurity. So where we um, participate or take of that which is meant for marriage and we enjoy it now, 
instead of reaping the fruit which is enjoyment we reap bondage instead of having something that is this incredible gift that God has given us we set up ourselves for bondage um, and then we wonder why we struggle with the next relationship and the next relationship and the next relationship because we have now bonded with something that we've not been spiritually connected to and God wants to come and set you free so we want to open the floor if you would like to receive prayer in any area tonight there'll be a team of people available to continue to pray for you um, and then I loved what um, Bianca said your life ends when? when you reject Jesus so you can have a timeline of events a timeline of places that you've seen and visited it doesn't mean you've lived it doesn't mean you have life we have life when we have Christ so Bianca thank you for a good word